right, without further ado. Chris Ann Hall received her bachelor's degree in biochemistry from Blackburn College. And her Juris Doctor from the University of Florida. She served in the U.S. Army as a military intelligence cryptologic linguist. She was a prosecutor for the state of Florida for nearly a decade. Chris Ann also worked with a prominent national First Amendment law firm where she traveled the country defending Americans whose rights were violated by unlawful arrests and prosecutions. She has written six books on American history and the U.S. Constitution. Chris Ann is a regular consultant on numerous radio, podcasts, and television programs. Without further ado, Chris Ann Hall! Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, everybody. Sunny to the show. They're too much. <laughs> JC is off uh, site doing some work today, so Sonny is filling in the coach, the the the, the uh, co-chair's seat. <laughs> Can't even get that out today, and uh, so we are happy to be with you today. Let me just go ahead and pull this up really quick. I like to pull up. I keep forgetting to pull up my. Instagram so you guys can see where we are and what we're doing. Uh, let's see. Oh, you know what? We didn't talk about Prudence Cummings, right? Uh, in uh, yesterday's show. So let's just go ahead and talk about, because this is Women's History Month, we'll talk about Prudence Cummings, right? Now, Prudence Cummings, right? is a 35-year-old mother, or I guess she isn't. She, well, she was. was 35 at yes. one point. <laughs> she was a 35-year-old mother of six. Is that nuts? That is nuts. That is nuts. A 35-year-old mother of six. I just, I don't even want to do that math. That's not, that's not, you know, I would love to have, uh, you know, I told my husband I'd have a whole basketball team of boys, right? Uh -huh. So that's five, six, right? Yeah. I'm good with that. Um, but six in, kids. by the time I'm 35. Yeah, I'd I, have to get cracking tonight if I wanted to have 35 <laughs> kids. Or six kids. Oh, yeah, 36 kids you by the time I'm 35. yesterday if you yeah, 35 I would kids. have to start now. <laughs> I would have to start right away. So while the men were off fighting, for our independence on the battlefield, the women had to organize to defend, protect their lives, their liberties, and their properties at home. Uh, so Prudence was actually the captain of her militia, which we forgot to put up there, but she was actually the captain 
of her militia. And she organized 30 to 40 women in her town to be the active militia to protect, defend their life, their liberty, and their property. And so on April of 1775, Prudence and her women were guarding Jewett's Bridge. Now, the interesting thing about guarding Jewett's Bridge is that on this particular day, the uh, women were chatty, right? So I imagine. Typical. I was going to say on this particular day, right? <laughs> on every particular day. <laughs> particular day these women were rather chatty and april 1775 they're chatty they're at the bridge and two tory spies approach that bridge and what happens is one of the tory spies stops in his tracks and he tells whiting who was the guy riding with him sorry dude I'm not going any further. And Whiting starts to mock. This is the history of the Prudence Cummings Wright family, right? You, they have their own historical website because she's a daughter of the American Revolution. The whole family mm -hmm. was involved, ironically, one side or the other, right? Wow. And so they have a whole family history there. And so uh, the family history tells us that at that moment, the one man stops to Whiting Commander Whiting and says, I'm not going any further. And Whiting starts to mock him and said, what, what the heck is the matter with you? They're just a bunch of women, right? And so Whiting says, or, or the man with Whiting says, that's not just any women. That I recognize one of those voices. And that one voice is the voice of, wait for it, my sister, Prudence. And he says, I'm not going any further over that bridge because Prudence will see me dead before she lets me cross <laughs> that bridge. Now, I love telling that story because here's the thing. Civil war is not a battle against a bunch of people you don't know in a foreign land you've never been to and probably will never go to again. Our war for independence was a civil war. This pit family member against family member. And that's part of the reason why I'm, I like George Washington, you know, I'm not saying that I should be held to the level of George Washington, but I like George Washington am not a proponent of quickness to war because all of the people out there who are like, let's just, the second amendment and we need to get going and, and we need to get this over with. Right. You've heard people say that especially uh, yes. where we go and yeah, whatever. <laughs> I am the one that's saying, Whoa, now let's wait a minute because I believe those people say those things out of misunderstanding and ignorance of what exactly that would be. Right. A pick up the Second Amendment and and disagree with the government movement right now would be a civil war. Yeah. Which means, as Prudence Cummings Wright was so acutely aware with, and apparently so was her brother, it is now family member against family member. Do you have any family members that are 
sort of leftist liberal leaning side? Yeah, I have a couple. A couple. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I'm almost the anomaly in my family, right? Yeah. So that means, and I don't think this would be true about my family, but there's a possibility that we could be on opposite sides on something like this. Yeah. And that's what Prudence and her brother actually experienced. Now, let me show you something. I'm going to share another screen with you. This is actually a screen. Uh, I do a presentation at libertyfirstuniversity.com called Forgotten Founders, where I teach a, the story of Prudence Cummings' right. And so I want to show you uh, the slide that I have from the presentation that I give, right? So um, this one is the one, is the information that you just, sorry, I'm trying to get there. Oh, this is the information that you just saw, but this is not Prudence. This is me. <laughs> this is me holding Prudence musket. Now, right. I want you guys to see the size of this thing. Now, those of you who have never seen me in person, people <laughs> say this to me all the time, Sonny. They always say, you're so much taller on TV. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I just give a taller presence or something. Yeah, maybe. But I'm not taller uh, on TV. I'm actually the same side on t size on TV that I am in person. And I am a rather short person. Uh, five foot one if I'm standing up straight. But I want you to see this this musket is, is huge, guys. And you load them from the front. Dang. You don't load them here. Right, you load them from the front. I I actually mocked the loading of this. You have to because it's really heavy. You set the stock down on the ground and you literally walk to the end of the musket, <laughs> and then you pack the musket. Right, then you have to go back to the stock and pick it up to shoot it, and it's one time, Sonny. You one. get one shot before you have to try. We have, you have to start all over again. Well, you better so be you, good. Exactly. You better be good. <laughs> you better be stinking good because the time <laughs> it takes me to like do this, I might as well drop the musket and pick up something else a and start for. beating people yeah. with it, right? I feel like, I, I, like I'd rather have a spear or something right? quicker. Right, exactly, exactly. So Prudence, uh, Prudence's brother actually rides away. Now, this is a poem from... The, the Wright family, uh, the Cummings, actually it's Cummings, her maiden family's uh, website. It says, not one further step I ride, one who rode with Whiting cried. Tis my sister Prue, alas, she would never let me pass, save when her dead body fell. I turned back from Pepperell. So you see this narrative, unfortunately, that we see in modern politics, that we see in modern school systems, that the progressive revisionists want us to believe that these women, right? I'm going to just show you prudence again, that these women were weak, powerless victims of an oppressive mis misogynistic society. They were not respected. They were pretty much just if you, you know, if you 
pardon the euphemism, barefoot and pregnant and nothing else, right? So they were just servants to their husbands and baby factories. No, Prudence. <laughs> well, was she the did have six, six kids, so but you could, she was also she was kind of a baby factory. She was also a BA. Yeah, she was a total BA, dude. Total, total BA. And this just Prudence contradicts that narrative. And here's why I get angry about this, Sonny, because that narrative denies the historical courage of women like Prudence, who without them, their, their towns would have be, would be overrun. See, when they, when they captured Whiting, they actually uh, got stuff like documents from Whiting that were turned over to the committees of correspondence that actually helped them prevent an upcoming battle. Wow. They got secrets from Whiting that helped in our revolution. So they, so what's funny is, is that Whiting, you know, Prudence brothers leave, brother, brother leaves and Whiting goes on. He's like, women, what could women do? Right? Well, he found out what women could do, right? Cause they, the, the history goes on to say they literally pulled him off his horse, took him into custody and turned him over to the committees of correspondence, which were the acting government at that time. So that's really, really cool. So um, we are, where are we going to be? We are tonight in, let's go ahead and go back to our screen here. Tonight, I am teaching in Punta Gorda, Punta Gorda, Florida, the history of the Constitution. Starting at 6 p.m., well, as you're watching this, we will be starting. Yeah, you uh, missed it. You missed it's it. It's too late. You can't come. You missed it because you're not following me on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah, you should have been checking the calendar at chrisannhall.com. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, Chris Ann does have a, count, a, a, a website, chrisannhall.com. Yeah. How many people do you see on social media? They're like, oh. how do we get in touch with you, Chris Ann? Everybody comments on every post. Chris Ann, when are you coming to such and such a place? Mm-hmm. Well, just check the calendar. Yeah, yeah. And you would know. And you would know right there. There's a calendar, promise, at chrisannhall.com. Not only is there a calendar, it's a searchable calendar. So you can search for a location in the calendar. Wow. And it will pop up amazing. all the dates and times that I will be in that location. Wow. How crazy is that, right? That's just So if you don't find amazing. your city, find your state. And frankly, if I'm flying from Florida to Oregon to teach... Certainly, you can drive an hour. I'm just saying. Or actually, we're just saying. Just saying. We're just saying. <laughs> just saying. Just okay. Saying. We're just saying. Just saying. So here we are tonight in Punta Gorda. Uh, we will also be in. Uh, oh, up here. Up here in. Uh, Verm uh, where am I? West Palm uh, Beach, Vermont is next month. Religious liberty and local involvement in government Thursday, March 25th, 7 to 10 p.m. in West Palm Beach, Florida. Again, go to Chrisanne Hall for the details. And, and not only does the calendar give you all that stuff, if you click on it, it'll take you to a map. Oh, my gosh. It wow. will actually take you to a map 
where you can plot out your route. Wow. To get there. So religious liberty and involvement in local government, I would say church involvement, religious involvement in local government. This is actually going to be a great class, Sunny, because JC and I are tag teaming. Oh, it will be great. That's why it goes from seven to 10, because I'm going to be teaching religious liberty first. JC is going to come in and teach involvement in local government. And so uh, it's really the church's responsibility, the Christian's responsibility, uh, biblical responsibility to be involved in politics. So uh, pastors, church members, atheists, come one, come all. Make sure that it, you don't have to be a believer to come to know what the biblical involvement is in church, in, in local government, because I always tell my, my non-believers, come and learn so you can point your finger at your Christian friends and call them hypocrites while you're trying to be involved in government, right? Yeah. Well, our, you, you, if you don't, if you're not a biblical believer, come anyway, because you're fighting for liberty. You're telling your Christian friends, why aren't you fighting? And they're telling them what? Oh, oh Romans 13. Romans 13. We're supposed to just submit to the government. <laughs> We're supposed to just pray and wait for the return of Christ. Won't he do it? He's going to do it. God's <laughs> going to do it. There you have it. He's just going to do it. All right. So then you have to come. And so you can tell your explain to your Christian friends why they are supposed to be involved with you. And then also on Thursday at 11 a.m., I'm going to be on Victory News again. Mm -hmm. That's going to be fun. We always have a lot of fun on Victory News. Yeah, of course. It's great. I love those guys. They're funny. We have nice a great people. time. What's that? Nice people. Very, very nice people. We love being there. Micah and the whole production crew. The whole place is just amazing. They're just a lot of fun to be around. Everyone in Texas just seems a little nicer. <laughs> well, because they're free and they don't have to be angry because the government's stepping on their throat. Yeah. Right? When, they have a little bit more freedom. I won't say they're free, but they have more freedom. Once again, go to chrisannhall.com right here at the bottom left, and you can find out all this information. So... As our class today is the bewildering, be, the bewildering brainlessness of politicians. That's what I named the class today. <laughs> the bewildering brainlessness of politicians. We're going to start with our first story. And I think I'm going to cheat today just because I want to. And we're gonna, just going to go the easy route here. I, I saw this and I went, like this, right? Because, Sonny, you know, you you watch the show enough, you're with us enough, mm -hmm. that um, we called this. It's summertime. It is not flu season anymore. We are coming out of flu season. But lo and behold, the pharmas are not going to miss the opportunity to take what happens naturally every mm -hmm. single year and tell you the reason that the vid is dropping is because ah, the vaccinations. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, what's interesting, Sonny is we've had 
flu shots every year for God knows how long. Forever. You know, probably as long as you can remember anyway. Well, of course. And we always have a flu season. And yeah. every year There's in the winter, flu. the flu, comes, the flu comes. And every spring and summer. It goes away. It goes away. I mean, not entirely. But it does. Generally. Generally. Mostly. Right? But here you have the same trend. And they're going to tell you it's because you got this wonderful so, vaccine. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to turn my, hold on. I'm going to do this really quick. This is product placement guys. King's arms coffee, a great place to have coffee. If you are in Tampa, Florida, look for King's arms coffee at 3738 river international, international drive. drive. <laughs> Tampa, Florida, Tampa, Florida, three, three, six, one, zero. He almost made me spit that out my nose. So there you go. We called it again. There's many of you out there that called it too, but I just want you to be aware. We have a disinformation alert. I need one of those. We need to tell Jason, I need one of those things that goes wah, 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 like the big warning alert. Yeah, yeah. And then we can put up there a little video that flashes disinformation alert, alert. disinformation alert. And so this is a different disinformation alert. No, it has nothing to do with the shots. It is the natural progression of flu season. Why? Because a flu is a protein. A virus is a protein that is covered in fat. A fat cannot survive in sunlight and in heat. So when the temperatures start rising at the summertime, then the flu virus cannot live for very long outside. It doesn't live very long on your skin when it gets hot and in the sun because the fat melts away and the virus disintegrates. There's your little biochemistry wow. lesson for the day. How's that? That's amazing. Here's what happens when, now oh, let me do this disclaimer, Sonny. This story is not about Donald Trump. This is not a story that is uh, promoting Donald Trump. This is not a story that is against Donald Trump. This is a story to remark on a current event in history so that, or in a current event, so that we can learn from this current event to help prevent this from happening to you. Is that a good disclaimer? Yeah, that's great. Okay, great. All right. So, Luxury Launches is a tourist tourism website. And this is what happens when socialists get control of media. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump's woes continue, the headline says, as the travel industry's most important luxury travel agency has removed all Trump hotels and resorts from its network, right? So this is, uh, this is the, the, Virtuosity, okay? That's how, how they say that, right? I can't find that. Virtuosity, yeah, here it is right here. Virtuosity is the, what what this group says, an, importantly, an important luxury travel agency who has removed everything Trump from their travel agency. So that means that if you're going to virtuoso, uh, virtuoso, I said velocity, didn't I? Virtuoso, and you're looking to plan a vacation, 
The Trump hotels and resorts will be scrubbed from their search engine. Wow. So don't look for the Trump hotels and the Trump uh, resorts on Virtuoso. Now, what's interesting is this is how the, the agenda of isolation and elimination actually works. So remember, Stalin was scrubbing people from his network, right? Well, now we have the private businesses doing the work of the government, scrubbing Trump from all of the stuff that happens in their website. So what's interesting is that their motto, Virtuoso's motto, is the best of the best. Now, say what you want about Trump as a politician. Say what you want about Trump as a speaker or his Twitter habits or whatever that may be. JC and I have stayed at the Trump hotels. That is the pinnacle of customer service. I don't, have you ever been? No, I've never been. We'll have to take you sometime. I have to go. Yeah. You walk down into the lobby and you have like a partial questioning look on your face. You don't have to say anybody. Somebody will come up to you immediately and say, what can I help you with today, Miss Hall? I mean, they know your name. Wow. JC can tell you right now, right? They know. How can we help you, Miss Hall? What can we do to make your stay better? I mean, seriously, this, the branding of the Trump industry, which by the way, didn't begin with Donald Trump. It began as a family business, his father, right? And so the branding is, is the best of the best in customer excellence. And so they are setting aside their own motto out of hatred and bias against Donald Trump. Oh, so, so typical. I know, right? How, how is that even thing? Hey, JC, pop in and tell everybody hi since you just showed up. Hey, everybody. <laughs> He's walking through the studio. He doesn't want to come on. He was working hard. He's probably all nasty and dirty. He's like, no, I don't want to be on camera right now. <laughs> but anyway, another one of those bewildering, bewildering brainlessnesses. Yeah, right? pretty much. So our next one is going to be the hypocrisy of the media. A black Tampa officer <laughs> has been fired because he dropped an N-bomb. Um, okay. Okay. So the black Tampa officer says that firing him for dropping the N-bomb is excessive. Pretty much. I mean, seems excessive to me. But if a white guy dropped the N-bomb, there'd be cries for crucifixion. Yeah, he'd probably have to go into hiding or something. He, he would definitely. He would be absolutely crucified in social media, you know? Yeah. So the police chief says we have to be consistent in the policy of forbidding discriminatory language. Now what's interesting 
is this is something that JC and I just talked about on yesterday's show about California's law against hate speech, right? So what they want to tell you is that dropping the N-bomb is hate speech. But if you are a person of higher melanin content in your skin, it's not hate speech. So what we have now is really what we call uh, a law, a discriminatory law, because it isolates race, right? So if you are a higher melanin content skin person, then it's not discrimination. Then if you are a lesser melanin content skin person. Mm -hmm. So that is a discriminant, a law, which is kind of crazy. How do you say it? It is a law against discrimination based on discrimination, which should be patently unconstitutional if they enforce it that way. So the enforcement would be, uh, they would be applying a discrimination and enforcement, which makes it patently unconstitutional. It is difficult to even talk about, isn't it? Because of the way it, it just all sounds works. stupid. It does, it does. And that's what happens when government governs words. I'll remind you that even in, in, uh, in well, there's at least three Supreme Court opinions. Hate speech is protected. You don't need the First Amendment to protect unpopular speech. So hate speech, even according to the Supreme Court, is actually protected speech. So we can't have government coming along and saying, oh, you can say that word, but you can't say that word. You can say that word, but you can't say that word. Now they're saying, maybe you can say that word if you look like this. But if you look like this, you can't say that word. And now that's that's really tyranny. Because what exactly is the limit to a government then? If they can say eeny, meeny, miny, mo, you can say this, and or, or if you say this, you go to prison. Can you, I wonder what kind of words we could come up with that would be applied like this. We won't say them, it's okay. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next topic in bewildering, bewildering, I have to learn how to say that. If I'm going to make this a title, I got to learn how to say it. Bewildering brainlessness of politicians. So let me give another disclaimer. The shooting in Colorado was a terrible tragedy. The shooting in Colorado is a terrible loss of life. We mourn for the loss. We pray for the families. But this is not and uh, should not be an opportunity for government to take control of our guns. The Boulder, Colorado mass shooting suspect is now known to FBI, right? Once again, the uh, Ahmad al Alisa is a 21-year-old from Denver suburbs of Arveda, Arvada, Colorado, who was linked to another individual investigation by the FBI. One more time. Can I just say this again? One more time we have a person who committed gun violence who was already being monitored by the FBI. 
can can I can I can I just can I can I ask a question? What the heck are we paying the FBI for? What exactly is their job? Is it their job to go around and and just watch people commit crimes? I mean, I don't know because they would tell you their services are essential, that they have to violate our rights, right? They have to spy on our homes. They have to spy on our phones. They have to seize our stuff without due process. They have to hold us and detain us without a warrant, take our stuff without proper warrants. They have to have all these exceptions based upon you know, national security. Yet every time there is a shooting like this, we inevitably discover that the FBI already knew who they were. Well, they were already doing a had reports. Pretty crappy job of monitoring him. Oh yeah. Oh no, we monitored him. We monitored him all the way, you know, during the shooting. <laughs> Wasn't that like a Geico commercial for a little while? I'm the safety monitor. No, we don't ensure your safety. We just monitor it. We just, yeah, I gotta find that. That is, yeah, let's see if we can find that because that's hilarious. But we have, once again, that man is 21. Yeah. He looks 35. You know, he looks pretty old. I just, uh, what's, what's interesting is, I'm always looking at the history of these people, right? Um, yeah, I don't know where this is. I don't even know how to find it anymore, but it was a hilarious commercial nonetheless. So what you have is a guy whose high school classmates describe him as being a very scary guy to be around. He is actually from Syria. Not that, you know, that has anything to do with it because bad people come from all kinds of places, but he's actually from Syria. And in high school, his classmates said that he was a scary guy to be around and he was kicked off of the high school wrestling team for at a match threatening to kill people. Um, <laughs> you have a clue. The man has a problem, you know, maybe need some anger management counseling in the very least, but he's previously known by the FBI. How crazy is that? Meanwhile, you have Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, who is a gun uh, rights advocate, now being crucified because she's tweeting about the White House when the shooting was happening, right? So somehow now she's responsible for what's happening for this mass shooting because she's a gun rights proponent and she didn't, didn't watch, see the news or something, right? She's complaining about the border coming apart while there's a shooting going on. Now, let me show you something. I want to show you this, this tweet. We'll take you straight to the tweet, right? 
The White House just called, right? And now look at this response down here at the bottom. I'll scroll it up just a little bit. This is Lauren Berber. One of your supporters shot up a grocery store this afternoon. Okay. So first off, he's monitored by the FBI. Second off, he's not a Republican. Okay. He is not a gun rights advocate. He is a guy who uses guns unlawfully. <laughs> you cannot say, and is there anything about this picture um, that just, says that he supports Bobert? Well, no. But this no. is, this is how the leftist isolate and eliminate voices, right? So now we have Lauren Boebert, because number one, she doesn't run around cowering to the leftist agenda. Number two, she stands up in defense of people's rights. Now being attacked because some non-Republican anger management suffering FBI monitored guy shoots people she's only she must be one of those those superhero powerful people like like what is that um uh professor x from from the uh um x-men who can control people with minds so she's sending out these little telepathic messages to a guy that doesn't even like her to go shoot people. Yeah, well, what I want to know is why didn't the grocery store say, no shoes, no shirt, no service? <laughs> they shouldn't have even let him in. <laughs> no, the real problem was he wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah, oh, that's much worse. Nah, much, much worse. worse. He wasn't yeah. wearing a mask. No, wearing a mask. no shoes, yeah, I don't no know shirt, actually, no service. If this is how he actually shot up the place, but it's very interesting, right? He I shot his shirt off. He shot his shirt off. <laughs> so now, right, don't let a crisis go to waste. You had to know this was coming. Biden already hits the streets and urges gun reform, Right. We gotta get control of these guns. How about FBI reform? Yeah, seriously. How about FBI reform? They were already watching him. And here's the thing. If you're going to shoot people out of malicious intent, uh, I think history pretty much proves that you're gonna get the gun legally or illegally. How many of these shooters, by the way, have been shown to have been ineligible by laws to even have guns or the guns that they used anyway, right? So now Biden and his, his courtiers jumping all on the bandwagon that we have to take guns from people because bad people do bad things. Right. We're not going to take cars from people because people drive drunk and, and kill people. Mm -hmm. We're not going to take knives from people because people sh stab people. 
you know, we're not, you know, what, what else could we take away? Anything could be used. Anything. Anything. Oh, those, those sticks. You know? Oh, yeah. Do you know what that's called? I forget. Those batons. The batons. Thank oh, yeah. You. The batons, I have right? Nunchucks. We got to get nunchucks from people. Oh, yeah. Oh, pepper spray. Can't have pepper spray, right? Because pepper spray hurts people. It does. I've been maced before. Have you? I actually have. It was a terrible experience. Tell the story. Um, because that's an interesting story. All right, let's get back to the well, next thing so Sunny can tell you why she was maced. I should leave some of the details out because they're very personal. But um, one of my friends thought it would. It was on a keychain. Uh -huh. It was a on a keychain, and I was in to say the least my friend sprayed it into a room that I was in because mm -hmm. um, she thought it would be funny. And the room happened to be full of steam. And oh gosh. Um, <laughs> oh gosh. So she sprayed it into the room and then it filled the room mm -hmm. that I was in. And I fell down <laughs> and couldn't breathe. And it was terrible. It was a horrible experience. <laughs> and it filled my entire apartment, like all the rooms. Even though it was just a keychain, it like spread to every room. And it probably took like two hours to get it like out. Well, steam opens your pores. Yeah. So the pepper spray then gets in your pores and that's even worse. Yeah. Right? We were like eight. It was a long time ago. We were like 18. So she thought it would be funny or something. She sprayed it and ran away. Look at this new era narrative, Sunny. So uh, this is Biden. I don't need to wait another minute. Let an I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an, uh, an hour, to take common sense steps that will save lives in the future. This is not and should not be a partisan issue. It's an American issue. Well, what's interesting uh. is if the people had a right to keep and bear arms, there wouldn't be these shootings. You don't see mass shootings in gun ranges. Nope. You don't see mass shootings at gun shows where there are large Thousands accumulations of guns, of guns right? Nope. So if you're at the gun range, there are guns everywhere. You're at a gun show, there's guns, guns everywhere. everywhere. There's not a bunch of people shooting up gun ranges and gun right. shows, which should show you that the number of guns is not the danger. Nope. The danger is that people are wicked and they will do bad things. Bad people will always do bad things. Evil will continue to exist, whether we're disarmed or not. And the American issue is that we have a right to keep and bear arms, not a privilege bestowed upon us by King Biden. We have a right to keep and bear arms so that we can defend ourselves from these kinds of situations. Right? What did what did Truman say? Uh, or, or I know it was Truman. Somebody one one walk softly and carry a big stick. Right? <laughs> you don't have to say anything if people know you're armed. If sure. there's even if there's a possibility that you're armed, people are gonna go to the lower hanging fruit. Yeah, of course. So you're gonna go shoot up a rest a, a restaurant. You're gonna go shoot up a store. You're going to go shoot up a place. You're not going to do it where you know the second you pull a gun out, somebody's going to turn around because oh, any yeah. person in that room could be armed. But you're going to go oh, to a yeah. place where it's 
not allowed to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like nobody goes and shoots up a Bass Pro Shop. Yeah. Because that'd be stupid. <laughs> or the Tractor Supply Company. Yeah. Be stupid. Yeah, exactly. Anywhere a redneck would hang out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or me. I love both a those A rodeo. Stores. When was the yeah, last mass somebody shooting shoots that up a rodeo. at a rodeo? Yeah. See, but all of these facts, right, <laughs> are, are, are logical. Yeah. They make sense. What we have by Biden and the bewildering brainlessness is a false correlation. Guns in guns being sold to people is the problem. It's just simply not. And what he's promising, look what he says here. I don't need to wait another minute. So he's declaring that he is going to start issuing executive orders. <sighs> even if the Congress will not. Because you see, the real bipartisan issue here is you will find people who are Democrats who hold office in Democrat districts who will not support this kind of gun control because believe it or not, Democrats also want to keep and bear arms, especially the Southern Democrats, right? Mm -hmm. So the people who live in the, in the more rural, oh, I wouldn't say Southern, but the rural, Dem uh, like Alabama or yeah, something, the rural Democrats, right? Mm -hmm. Not Southern necessarily, but you move up North in the rural areas in Northern, uh, in upstate New York, in, in, Eastern Oregon, in Idaho. They might have Democrats in office, but they know their constituents are going to want to country keep their arms. They're yeah. country people, right? Rural people. And so they're not going to get 100% Democrat um, support for these kind of legislations. Now, I want to show this too. This is another shift in language, right? What do they call it? Gun control, right? Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Here's the new word. Gun safety. Okay. So we're not trying to control your right to keep and bear arms. We're just engaging in proper gun safety, right? So gun safety now is denying people the right to keep and bear arms. That's the new word. The new, the new gun safety is denying people the right to keep and bear arms. So... Bad people who will always get guns can come shoot you and you can't be safe unless somebody comes to protect you. Now, let me just tell you that that is the very definition of slavery. When you are legally required to wait for someone to show up to protect you, you are enslaved to those people. That's the bottom line. <laughs> Because you see, the right to defend yourself is acknowledgement that you own yourself. The removal of your right to defend yourself is the acknowledgement that you don't own yourself. That someone else owns you because whomever shows up, whomever you're relying on to defend you, now places value on your life, right? Wow. So if, if the deputy shows up to the grocery store mm -hmm. and says, Oh, wait a minute. That's too dangerous. I'm not going in there. <laughs> right. I'm not going in there. 
then what he's saying is my life is more valuable than yours, which is placing a value on you. It's crazy. The ability to value something, to determine something's value is in, is intrinsic to ownership. If you are, I hold the authority to place a value on something. You own that thing. And there you have people owning people. And that's the definition of slavery. The good news is, let's see. Let me find that. There we go. Uh, one more. There we go. The good news is, as I try to make this work with <laughs> CNN because they're really annoying website. That these kind of things in a realistic perspective, Biden's promising to lock down guns and shootings actually increase the commerce on firearms and not decrease it. Yeah. Just hearing that makes you want to run out and buy a gun. Yeah. Makes you want to run out. Not on, buy another, not, not get a shotgun, but a, a scary gun, right? Because even Biden said you can be able to own a shotgun. We're going to let you own a shotgun because then you can pull out the shotgun and stop from being raped. Because, you know, we can shove our shotguns in our back pocket. Oh, I right? always carry a shotgun on me, <laughs> on me at all times, even now. <laughs> right now I have one. <laughs> I have one on me. You can't see it. <laughs> Don't you guys love that? The more we have Sunny on the show, the more her personality comes through. You have to understand, this is like this all the time. She is, how many of you, raise your hands, love dry humor? Sunny is like the master of dry humor. And she can sing and dance. I can. She can. She I'm can just, sing and dance. I'm just camera shy. <laughs> Which is baloney. Anyway, so in reality, Biden's threat to, to remove our right to keep and bear arms is actually once again helping the firearms industry. So the last story of the day, by the way, well, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, the whole thing is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What's interesting is you're going to hear this over the next few days or forever the next three years, that the right to keep and bear arms that is expressed in the Second Amendment doesn't belong to you and me. It belongs to the quote unquote militia, which they will tell you is not you. It's not me. It's the government organized what our founders would call a select militia. And what they'll tell you, Sonny, see if you can catch this bewildering, bewildering brainlessness. That because the Second Amendment reads a well-regulated militia that it means a militia organized and controlled, people organized and controlled mm -hmm. by the government Ugh. because it says well-regulated and everybody knows that nobody regulates as well as the government. Excuse me? 
Have you ever been to a DMV? <laughs> yeah, they're so good at regulating things. <laughs> I'm sure people could come up with many examples of how pathetically bad the government is at regulating things. Oh my. I wonder what um, Prudence Cummings Wright would have said about this. What about her militia? I wonder if she would have considered it to be well regulated. <laughs> She would believe that it was free from regulation. Yeah. But that well-regulated actually means well-trained. Mm -hmm. In the terms of those who wrote the Second Amendment, well-regulated didn't have anything to do with the government. As a matter of fact, the whole Second Amendment is about not government, right? So our founders had two distinct kinds of militia. There was the select militia and a general militia. The general militia was everyone. The whole body of the people, they said over and over again, with the right to keep and bear arms. So what we're talking about in the Second Amendment is the whole body of the people with who, who have the right to keep and bear arms because it's a natural right. It's not a privilege bestowed upon us. It's a, not, it's a right uh, that comes by the nature of our creation, our, our right and our duty to survive, mm -hmm. right? And the right and the uh, ownership of our person. Mm -hmm. Nobody owns me but me. Mm -hmm. Nobody owns me but me. And so in that, I have the ultimate authority to determine the value of my life and what it's worth doing to save it, mm -hmm. to survive. So the well-regulated militia part has nothing to do with the government. It's not even the subject of the sentence. My grammarians out there who like to know how to uh, keep to, uh, what is that, diagram sentences will tell you that the subject of that sentence is the right of the people. That's the subject. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed because a well-regulated militia is necessary for the security of the free state. So we stopped teaching grammar and then people got bewildering brainless. Well, bewilderingly brainless. What and they, they can't understand what words mean. What do they expect you to do if somebody were to um, break into your house? Uh, you know, well, well, Biden said you can use your shotgun or you have to call 911. Yeah, and you're like, oh, please help me. Help. 911, someone's breaking into my house. Oh, you can't come? You're short staff because you've been defunded? All right. Bye. Bam. <laughs> what do you do then? You um, hide in the closet and hold your breath and hope that nobody knows you're there. As if that's not cliche. Yeah. Or you try to climb out the window and run away. Make a rope out of your clothes. To yes. Out of your bed sheets, shimmy down the wall <laughs> and run away. Because, see, you have a duty to run away. That's what they'll tell you. You have a duty to run away. You have the right to run away. No, okay. I have the right to stand and defend my property. That's what I have a right to do. I have a right to stand and defend my life. But, you know, call the DMV because they're good at regulating. <laughs> yes. See, isn't this wonderful? All right. Just a few more minutes left. And I wanted to do this because I thought that it would be fun to do this with with uh, uh, Sunny because, you know, if, if you haven't guessed, we're both women. Yeah. If you haven't guessed. 
So did you have any idea that it's equal pay day? Equal pay day? Yes. Actually, we missed it. It was yesterday. Oh, man. So equal pay day was yesterday. <laughs> we missed our opportunity to get paid equally for one oh, day. Oh, shoot. We'll have to wait another year. <laughs> Equal pay day. Women paid less than men get an equal pay day. And so now what we have is a situation where Congress has to get involved and the women have to be mad because uh, equal pay day. Uh, <laughs> I want equal pay. Help me with my e I want equal pay. Give me more money. Oh, I'm so disrespectful. I'm sorry. I just triggered people. I'm offended. You're offended. Yeah. Of course you are. Hello. Pull up your big girl pants. Stop your whining. And do a job. Right? Fine. There are well, this is not 1922. No. I just hate this sort of arrested de mental development in our female community that makes people think that we don't, we're not able to, to rise in the, how many millionaires are women? I Probably mean, a lot. one of the richest people in America is Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, yeah, that's what I was who is say. a black woman. Oh, wow. That's like a double... That's a double whammy. whammy. Double. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, here, here's, here's what we need to do, ladies. Stop making excuses and start activating yourself. Do something. Be better at something. If you're not getting the money that you want from this company, start your own company. If you're not getting money that you like at this company, leave the company and find another one. By the way, men don't get paid the same everywhere they go either. Oh. That's why you have to do a good job. Well, I could have became a doctor if I wanted to. Yeah. Just didn't want to. Yeah. So you guys know I'm all not in this feminist thing. Here's the thing that ticks me off, right? With this whole, you have to pay me more. Because in reality, this is not a social movement. Equal pay day is not a social movement where women are like, we need to get in our communities and train our sons and daughters that women are equal and they deserve equal pay for equal work. And, and I'd be cool with that, to be honest with you, if that was like a social movement where we were getting together in our communities and teaching that that wage disparity is not a cool thing that we don't treat people like that. Sure. And as Christians, we are required to give people their due. You know, you pay sure. people worth their worth, regardless of who they are, how they look. But this right. is not what this is, Sonny. This is not a cry for public awareness. This is a demand for the government to mandate and control on private businesses to give people benefits because of their gender and the color of their skin. 
So what you have now, once again, as we come almost full circle, people crying for government to, in, to create regulations and enforce them in a discriminatory manner. Right? So let's not say everybody is worth equal pay. But what would that take? If the government were to create a regulation that says you have to pay everyone what they're worth, what would that take? Wouldn't that take a government agency to exist that would then create the standard for every possible employment? Mm -hmm. Right? So you have to have an agency that creates the standard for every employment. So then what happens is if you work and meet that standard, according to the government, then the government says you deserve this pay. Mm -hmm. Now that's the, how it would have to work. It would have to be, we create the standard in a bureaucracy that says, if you do this job, this is what you get to be paid. Mm -hmm. Well, then they oh. would have to enforce it regardless of your age, gender, or sex. Um, uh, well, now the sexual orientation thing, uh, race, religious convictions. Mm -hmm. So that's what we need. We need more government. That's what these people are saying. Well, how would that be different? We already have a minimum wage. So would they, they would come on top of that and make a new minimum wage? For every for job. every possible for every possible job. job. Very good, Sonny. This is actually the story just, that we are ending with today. Just get a different Even job. Even more minimum wage. According to NPR.org, we should eliminate tips for waitresses and create a minimum wage for waitresses. No, that is the worst thing. I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. That is, that is all wrong. But don't you realize that tips are a discriminatory practice because no. it allows the customer to choose to give you money or not give you money. The government should be regulating that there should be Absolutely a mandatory not. wage for waitresses that are the same as everybody else so that their salary is not dependent upon customer satisfaction. No. And that's all wrong. And this hits close to home because I am a waitress in my, that's my night job. <laughs> that's what I do by night. By the way, Sometimes. she chooses to do that. Yeah, I do it for fun because I, I like it. Um, but that is all wrong. And if there was just a minimum wage for waitresses and no tips, it would take away from the customer service experience Instantly. that you give to the guests that come into mm -hmm. the restaurant because I make very good tips at the restaurant I work at because I dazzle my guests with my wonderful personality, I, I dazzle them. I make sure to do that. And that's why I get such good tips. <laughs> and if it was just some flat rate, that whole, I mean, I would probably still do it because I'm nice, you know, but it wouldn't be quite as fun. how many of you people you fun. know work with that would be like, who cares? Oh, yeah. Because what would be the point? The only reason they do customer services so they get tips. And I can guarantee 
I would bet my life that whatever minimum wage the government says that I should get as a waitress is less than what I make hourly from my tips. Well, you know what the real bottom line is? They won't tell you the true story. The true story is that the government hates tips because the IRS can't accurately track it. And then so yeah. they can't stick their hands in your pocket and give every dollar that you you that they think they deserve from your labor, right? The mm -hmm. IRS doesn't do a darn thing, but they want to benefit from your labor. So mm -hmm. basically you're a slave to the IRS because you labor for them. They use you like cattle in a field mm -hmm. and they hate tips because they can't track them, especially when they're cash, right? They yeah. can track the tips. Mm -hmm when you pay with a with a credit card if you don't claim them right this seems backwards to me anyways because i've um actually read studies that gen generally women make better tips as a server in a restaurant anyway and i would say that's probably true well and there you go more lies right yeah i think women in general can make tips it's easier to get a better tip because people are like oh this nice lady mm -hmm. yeah well they would say that's because it's sexist and as a waitress you're an object to the people and because they want you to flash your tail or something <laughs> and because you are built different you are are an object and they're paying you to be an object right so they have to twist all this yeah stuff. i've never felt that way <laughs> Not at not where you work. No, I work at a have nice like place. Layers of clothes on anyway. So yeah, I just... wear literally. I wear a <laughs> shirt buttoned up in a, in a men's tie, tie <gasps> black pants, non-slip shoes, and a it's apron. Not, it's not like I work at a Hooters or something. <laughs> Which is okay. I mean, if you work at if Hooters, if you want to work there, I don't that's care. Your choice. Go ahead. I don't care if you work at Hooters. I don't work at Hooters. <laughs> But you the, can work at Hooters. But the bottom line is we regulate what people are paid. And now they want, by the way, that's why I almost always tip in cash because then it's a gift from me to the person who is bringing me my dinner experience with good service. Now, I'm also a person that my tip will be adjusted based on your performance. I am not an obligatory tipper, okay? No, me I realize, okay, I realize, number one, that the IRS now mandates that uh, a, a person uh, claim a certain percentage of their ticket sales. It didn't used to be like that when I was a waitress. But now they can actually come and audit you and make sure you have to pay a minimum of 10% of your ticket sales. So I will always, as a base, tip 10% because I know that's what the government is going to hold them accountable for. That's and, and I know that's not my fault, but it is my fault because I let it happen. But if you're going to get above 10% for me, it's going to be because of your performance, because of the attention and the experience that you've given me. If, I, if, if, if it's bad, then you're getting 10%. If it's not, you'll get more. But I do it in cash so that you and I engage in a private transaction that ain't none you the business of the IRS. Just saying. Hashtag just saying. Just saying. Well, thank you, Sonny, for joining me today. Oh, yeah, of course. And thank you for being such an important part of today's show. Oh, wow. 
everybody should say thank you to Sunny. Oh my, thank you everyone. <laughs> and we're just happy to have you with you, have you with us today. Mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow we will be back on the air again. Yeah. And actually, what is tomorrow? Tomorrow we're going to West Palm Beach. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow will be another recorded show because we will be traveling to West Palm tomorrow night uh, before we can actually mm -hmm. travel. Uh, before we can actually do a show live again, we should be back live on the air on Friday. So thank you once again for joining us. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up. Don't forget to subscribe and ring that bell. Make sure if you're watching us on Facebook or any of the other social media platforms that you share, 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 that you give us some whatever your social media platforms method of approval is, because that helps us overcome the AI sensors that are constantly trying to keep us down. We appreciate you. Mm -hmm. We are so grateful for the opportunity to be a teach show and not a talk show. And if something we said to you today is triggering you, let me just remember, remind you, we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So if you're triggered, it's because your tribalism is getting in the way. <laughs> God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.